Our guest today used music as his escape from the day-to-day -day grind. And he says, and I happen to agree with him, we all need some type of escape from our daily life at work. All that upcoming on the next Unity Talks podcast. Welcome to Unity Talks, where the hiring experts of Dallas-based recruiting firm Unity Search engage in lively discussion with successful business leaders to dissect their careers and how they got to where they are today, the obstacles overcome to reach their success, and steps they've taken to stay at the top of their respective fields. So listen in as we provide you with the thought-provoking conversation and ideas that keep industries moving forward. And welcome back to another edition of the Unity Talks podcast, where we meet with leaders all across DFW in the area of accounting, finance, tax, and I'm going to add information technology, though our guest today is not information technology. Um, and we talk to them about how they got to where they're at in their career and what keeps them there. And today's guest is Jeff Burns, who is the Senior Director of Accounting and Finance, correct? That's correct. At Carhoffer. Yeah, absolutely. Been there at Carhoffer for just over a year or so? Just over a year, yeah. I started uh, last May. I started there. Yeah. So, um, so one year into the pandemic, you're starting a new <laughs> job, which can be, I would assume, shaky. Did you start in the office, or were you remote? What's we actually started in the office. Um, our our founder and you know our, our CEO, the idea guy. Um, he is very strong proponent of working together face to face in the office. So. We took a lot of precautions, had lots of social distancing, but we were in the office from awesome. at least since I started. Yeah. So, yeah. well, why don't you give us a, a quick little uh, commercial infomercial on who Car Offer is and what Car Offer does? Because I hadn't heard too much of it. I've heard of it, but not a lot. Yeah. No, Car Offer is a very new company. Uh, it was only started in 2019. Um, but it is essentially a stock market for used cars and the supply of used cars to over 10,000 dealerships across the country. Um, so uh, our customers will go on to what we call our matrix and they will make selections for different vehicles that sell well in their markets. And we will, and they'll also put on, their, put on our site vehicles that aren't selling so well in their markets. We'll look for different dealerships in other parts of the country that may have a need for those vehicles and facilitate the trading, facilitate the transportation, the transfer of title, the whole nine yards. So it is uh, a one-stop shop, basically. You, companies, it, your customers is what you mentioned, are mm -hmm. these, so these are car dealerships. These are, are car customers. dealerships. So correct. they're able to outsource all of the, we'll call it the back office functions and the front office of looking at cars, I'm sure, through technology to car offer. Well, yeah, and and you know the pandemic actually kind of really gave our business a lot of fire because before the pandemic, a lot of these dealers were going to live car auctions to get their supply for used vehicles. We kind of took those live auctions out of the picture, and now they can do everything, set it up, and forget it online and. They just monitor the cars that get selected and get shipped to them. So, Jeff, man, it's crazy how much technology has woven itself into the fabric of our everyday life. Right? Absolutely. Because you've got Carvana, right, where you can go and you see it from the side. It's this cool little thing, you know, where it's like a vending machine for cars. Mm -hmm. And then you've got Vroom and they're just showing up on your front door and 
you've got car offer and mm -hmm. so technology and the pandemic has really accelerated all of those functions which is absolutely. great for your business absolutely and you know we uh we actually got acquired 51 percent of, of our business got acquired by car gurus uh at the beginning of 2021 um and we're kind of now morphing into a, a one-stop shop partnering with some of their other products where you can sell your vehicle finance a new vehicle have it delivered to your house all from the comfort of your own couch that's so, crazy yeah very cool very cool well we need to give a background on on jeff uh, we always kind of give a little bit of a, a resume background just so we can level set with our audience who our guest is so from san antonio I think it's on the Seguin side, right? So you're just it east is. of San Antonio then. Yes. No, I, I grew up in Seguin, um, <clears throat> small town kind of in between San Antonio and Austin. Mm -hmm. So Yeah. And then uh, and a big UT fan, went to UT. You would, I think you did the five-year program at UT, got your master's in accounting? I did. Yeah. I uh, went to UT in business and did the five-year professional accounting program to get my master's in accounting. And Got my CPA license shortly thereafter. Yeah, public accounting. Oh, you well before we get into that, you decided not to follow in the parents' footsteps. <laughs> yeah, so both of my parents are actually in the medical field. Uh, my mother is an RN, and she well, they're both retired. But my mother was an RN at Southwest Texas, or excuse me, Texas State. Now there you go. I still remember it as Southwest <laughs> Texas too. We've dated ourselves. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Uh, and my father was a CRNA um, at a, the hospital there in Seguin for years. And so I, I was always around the medical profession growing up. But, um, you know, I just I didn't really enjoy having people's lives in my hands. So <laughs> I kind of, you know, I, I'd always enjoyed business. I was always good at math. I always had that entrepreneurial spirit spirit. So. Yeah, it was pretty easy fit for me to go into business rather than, you know, taking care of people's lives. I hope that no one's going to kill someone in business. <laughs> you know, if you yeah. screw up in business, it's like, OK, let's learn from that and let's not make the mistake, same mistake and start over. Exactly. I, my mistakes might maybe cost some money, but, you know, you no, no one's losing a life. If, if I mess up, I, I, I hope not. That's a good. We're glad that you decided not to be in the medical profession. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll take it that way. Um, so went to UT, five-year program, mm -hmm. EY, and for the most part of your career, you've been technical and financial reporting. Right? I have, yeah. Uh, after EY, I kind of started in financial reporting and technical accounting at Zale Corporation, um, and I've really been doing that. I did that for about a decade and just recently the last three four five years i've been more into the um controller vein of things and and more of the leadership of the of the accounting and finance groups how how would you describe you know we talk about financial reporting and the differences between that and and operational accounting functions how do you, how would you put financial reporting in layman's terms for someone who's never done that? What, what is the role You're, It's, it's a story. It's absolutely a story. And it, it's, it's basically taking all the complex transactions and, and what's going on with a business and putting it into layman's terms for investors. 
Um, you know, you're taking everything that's going on with a company and boiling it down to a attractive story and something that is digestible by, you know, your everyday investor that may not have all of the industry experience. Mm -hmm. So, um, I really enjoyed it because it was, it's a profession where you really get to see a, a high level of the business. You get to see everything, you know, from start to finish under the business. Um, you don't really kind of get stuck in one process too deep, you're able to really see the, the, the bigger picture of what the company is and where it's going. Contrast that with more of your day-to-day -day operational. How would you describe the difference between financial reporting and the day-to-day -day operational functions? You know, it's <clears throat> financial reporting is to me, the biggest difference is financial reporting. You're really looking at what has happened in the past. You're telling the story three months in arrears. You know, you're telling it a, a quarter in arrears, and you know, you're telling a story of where the company is likely to go or where you where the company is hoping to go. But you really have to be careful about you know what you put out there for the general public to know. Um, whenever you were actually in operations in more of a you know controller type role, you're dealing with the here and now, and you know what what types of uh, you know what types of accounting transactions are happening today, and how can what's the best process or you know the best way to actually speed up this this process and and get things moving efficiently and smoothly. Jeff, I'm a terrible writer. Okay. You know, if, <laughs> if I want to write something, first off, when I was in college, my, my wife, she would correct all my papers I would have to write and <laughs> she'd give it back to me. And it was such a, a frustrating thing for me because she would just bleed all over it. And it was miserable. She was always right too. I think that's <laughs> probably the most frustrating thing about it. When I've heard it said that when you are in financial reporting, mm -hmm. you have to be a pretty good writer. You really do. That that is something that I was not really expecting whenever I first got into it. But um, yeah, there's you learn a. You have to be very good at being succinct with your thoughts, and you have to be an incredibly um, technical writer in a sense that you know the grammar has to be correct. You have to really think about a lot more than just the math side of things mm -hmm. um you know because it's it's not only it's not only just presenting it in a uh you know a understandable and technically correct way but it goes so far as to the design of the page whenever you get into different things like a, a proxy statement that you know affords you a little bit more um ability to be creative with how things are laid out so it's it's there's a lot more uh involved in it than just the accounting debits and credits this is why i'm sitting in my chair and you're sitting in that chair because <laughs> i do good just to get by speaking barely <laughs> and i can barely do that appropriately uh and and you do such a good job on the writing and thinking of the proper word to say so um, I want to go back to uh, the beginning of, of your career, not, not even the beginning of your career. Let's predate that. Okay. 
you, uh, I think at one point in time, I thought, man, you have a hidden talent. <laughs> yes. May maybe I should be a musician. Yeah. I, uh, I, you know, music is something that I've loved ever since I was a little kid. Um, you know, in high school, I did all kinds of musicals and I played guitar. We had a little band that, you know, we didn't do a ton, but, you know, we, we played a few places and uh, music's always been a huge part of my life. And, you know, it, it still is to this day. And there was actually a time in my career, not my career, but time when I was younger than I, that I thought that maybe that would be something that I would pursue long term. But um, it's it's not a it's not a life that I really wanted to live day to day, you know. It's it's fun. It's a blast to do. But I can't imagine, you know, if even if you're successful and being on tour for forty weeks a year. How could you imagine? It's. I mean, playing every every other night. It would be unbelievable. I mean, so. There, there's an under, there's an unbelievable singer, Carpenter. I forget her first name, Carpenter. She died by the time she was 33 years old, and they did a documentary on her. Mm -hmm. And part of it was is they were they had a gig every other night yeah. of the year for five years. Jeez. And it's just that's so much. Um, so I, I, yeah, I could understand. I would not be able to manage that lifestyle. Yeah. At all. No, the the lifestyle lifestyle was too much for me. But uh, I, you know, and, and to this day, it's still a a big part of who I am and what I enjoy doing. And it's it's one of my primary outlets, one of my escapes from you know the. Uh, the the busyness of of work every day yeah. and the busyness of life in general yeah well we're gonna we're gonna stop on this for a little bit here because i think that's so critical but i've got to ask was it a garage band like were you driving mom and dad <laughs> crazy they come home from a 12-hour shift and you and your friends are just banging on instruments and well, what was this like we we were lucky in that we had a the drummer that we played with his father had a a barn. It was a nice barn, but it was a barn <laughs> that was disconnected from their house. So it was far enough away that we didn't really bother anyone. Kind of out in the country, so his neighbors didn't really hear that much. So yeah, when you when you led with barn, I'm like, okay, it's all <laughs> it's all good. They were far enough away from anybody, you know. Just that yeah. leading statement, barn. We know we're good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and so all through school, through college, were, are, are you gigging at nights? Are you picking up? Uh, I, you know, I didn't really gig a whole lot in college. Uh, I played once or twice, um, but it was mostly just, you know, picking up for enjoyment. Mm -hmm. uh, had some good friends that were in bands, so, you know, we'd, I'd go play with them. Not, at, you know, at gigs or anything, but, you know, we'd just go hang out at somebody's house and play till the sun came up or you know something so yeah yeah that's it was that's fun fantastic all right so let's let's go back where i said that we would want to pause and we're just going to sure. kind of pull on this thread for a little bit because i think this is this is important um this is what you do for a release right mm -hmm. to to exercise your mind on something different to have silence where some people may take a walk 
and other people like for me if I had if we lived in the mountains I'd be going on a hike every day if I could uh, that's that's my thing I love that this is your thing where you can just pick up a guitar and just start strumming um, to take a break so why is that so important for you it's important to me because if you have to have a a certain amount of time to where you can just clear your head and realize that the world is not going to the world's not going to end if you don't get to whatever else is going on at work at that specific moment um, I think it's important that everyone really takes time to recharge their batteries, fresh, you know, refresh their, their mind and their spirit, um, and get back to a, a good, a good headspace that, that will enable them to do a better job in their profession, in their lives, in their family lives. I was just going to ask you about that specifically. Do you feel that it allows you to come back to work on a daily, weekly basis better? and your employees where they're they're better they're sharper they're performing at a higher rate if they have something outside of the day-to-day -day grind of work absolutely yeah that, that's definitely something that you know as a leader of a team that i really try to encourage um is don't i i don't want anyone's life to be solely work you know that's that's we, we make this work thing out to be so important and there there's so many other really important things in life that we need to make space for. And, <clears throat> you know, for me personally, especially whenever I get really busy with certain tasks or projects or whatever it is that's, that's on my plate, you know, I'll make a point to actually schedule time to play guitar or to you know play with my kids or whatever it is to to shut my mind off of work and just refresh and breathe a little bit so so <clears throat> as a as a leader of of people you know i'd imagine that back in the day you don't talk about that right it's like the instruction was well keep it work related if it's not work related you don't need to talk to people about it and, and a lot has changed since those times mm -hmm. right and and we've you know, you hear the, the <clears throat> words vulnerability and open up to your team, and um, which is great, right? We, we need people to be more vulnerable and have that dialogue. Um, is, is this something that you recommend other people talk to about their team? Like as you get to know your employees, not just from a performance, but just from a personal standpoint and try to figure out what is their thing? What is their guitar? Hmm. Yeah, no, I, you know, it's, it's, it's different for every person. Some people that may make them a little bit uncomfortable. And so I, I don't advocate pushing that with anyone, mm -hmm. but if that's something that they're open to, you know, get to know them even a little bit on a personal level. And, you know, if say they're into playing golf and they've got a, you know, a golf tournament coming up Friday at two o'clock or something. Encourage them to go do that, unless it's, you know, for whatever crazy reason they really can't. Um, but get to know them on a personal level and, and encourage them to take that time for themselves because it's gonna come back to you tenfold. 
it's gonna they're not going to you know the last thing you want is for them to get to a point to where they're unhappy at work absolutely and you're hitting on something there with um not everybody's going to be comfortable with that so yeah. you know sometimes you become a new manager or a new leader and it's a, and you think well, i'm gonna get to know my people really well and, and you're forcing it down their throat like well, what did you do this weekend and, and they're just not the type of person to open up and so you really have to read that situation yeah you do for sure and you know that you'll it's I guess maybe I'm lucky that it's 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 somewhat easy for me to kind of pretty quickly tell if they're going to be open to that or not because a lot of times they'll be the one approaching me about what they did this weekend before I even approach them. So, um, but you know, it's you got to take that take a second to read that person, and if it's just hey, did you have a good weekend? Yes, no, and that's really all they want to say that's totally fine you know that's that's just their personality and yeah you know sometimes even the mechanics of that is if you start first yeah like just you start first and then if they engage in that next thing you know you're down the path of learning about them which tightens the employer employee relationship and bond which is what we want absolutely and if you start first and there, you could just tell that they're, you know, yawn and eyes are glazing over and they're just, you know, okay, well, what about those TPS reports? You know, you know that they're ready to get back to the job. Yeah. And, and either that's the type of person they are and they're never going to get there or you just haven't knocked down that little barrier yet. Yeah. And not force it. Yeah. And yeah. And some, for some people, it just, it, it's going to take some time if, if it's ever going to happen. So. Don't push it and just, you know, like you like you mentioned, open that door first and see what happens. So let's go through the mechanics of it because you <clears> said <throat> something a few minutes ago where you said, I actually schedule it. Yeah. Um, I'll, 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 I'll make a list of things I need to do and I'm gonna schedule a break, whether it's, you know, tending to a garden or, you know, like we said, or, or picking up a guitar or listening to music or whatever the case, whatever your quiet, your, your silence time is mm -hmm. where you give your mind a break. Why are you, why are you scheduling it? I, you know, I, I am a habitual list maker, um, whether it's work or personal, if it's something that I need to do, I put it on a list and I, to be honest, I think part of it is I really get a sense of accomplishment and crossing those things off the list as silly as that may sound, but you know, it could be something like take out the trash and you know what, if I get to cross it off the list, that's a bonus for me that day. Uh, I have far too many days where I add more things to my list than I cross off. But, um, you know, every day I will be sure to put on at least a few things that are completely not work related. That's just, you know, a small chore around the house or play guitar or you know, there's something that needs to be fixed that, you know, I haven't had a chance to get to yet or, you know, walk the dog or something like that. I'll put it on the list just so that I remember to take that time to do that thing that, that really helps clear my head and refresh me like we've been, kind of been talking about. Yeah, you hear that a lot where people say you've got to schedule for yourself, your, your mm -hmm. schedule at work is so much dominated by other people's priorities. 
Absolutely. And um, and you've got to schedule that time for yourself, or you're never going to be able to. You're never going to take it. And then your work product can degrade, or you can feel overwhelmed. And uh, and so you've got to put it in that schedule. My my question for you is because I'm imagining myself do that, um, and I've done this a few times before where. I haven't done it yet. It wasn't on my list and I haven't done it. So I'll put it on my list and then I'll cross it off immediately, <laughs> but I haven't done it. And just knowing that it's on there and I know I've already crossed it off really forces me to have to do it because now I got to execute on it. Yeah. You, you, can't, know? you can't cross it off without doing it. That's, That's my little trick is like, I really don't want to do it. So I'm going to go ahead and cross it off, even though I haven't done it yet. And it's really going to force me because then I'm, I'm letting myself, I'm lying to myself, yeah. you know, and I can't stand that. And I, 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 I kind of do the inverse. Sometimes I'll find myself where I'll do something and then I'll go put it on my list so that I Just can cross it off. And uh, you know, so, it might give me a little dopamine hit. I yeah, guess, right? what? Yeah, that's your like <laughs> on uh, the social media. Exactly. You don't rely on other people. You're just relying on your own straight line <laughs> or check mark through it. You know, to get that dopamine. Yeah. Um. You know, this topic. I think this is why I wanted to stop on this. I think this topic is so important because when you think about everything that's going on in the last couple of years, okay. So, mm -hmm. and we've talked about this ad nauseum, but it's so much has changed. You know, we, we have a pandemic that was totally unexpected and everybody went remote. Technology comes out of nowhere. Companies like yours are a huge benefit to it. Absolutely. Um, then we're, are, are you, is it good to go back in? Should we not go back in? We have a disparate workforce. They're all over the United States and the world. They don't have to be in the office. Now some companies are bringing everybody back into an office. That's ruffling people's feathers and they're bristling at that. Mm -hmm. Especially with Elon Musk saying, hey, we're bringing everybody back in. We're not doing this whole remote thing. And that's all over the news because the big news makers make the news. Right. And then we have so many. So now we've got, you know, the war in Russia and Ukraine. I mean, it's just one thing after another. We've got this impending recession that everybody's talking about. We've got inflation and gas prices. I mean, there's just so many things that we're inundated with. Mm -hmm. And then when you think about companies and employment, we have a major supply and demand issue. It's, it's a major issue because we've got so many people over the past couple of years who have removed themselves from the workforce. They've retired early, you know, they've moved to a small town. They don't want to do what they were previously doing because it wasn't scratching that itch. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you've got the baby boomer generation exiting the workforce, which was, was at the time, the, it's the largest population of people living, right? Now they're exiting the workforce. And we've got, you know, the younger generation who aren't as many in number entering the workforce that cannot make up for that exit. Yeah. And it's just so much stress all at once. It is a huge amount of stress. I mean, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here when I say that the, the available market right now for employees is so slim and it's so hard to find good people right now. Um, <clears throat> it's, it's really, it's twofold. You've got to find the really good people and you've got to keep the really good people. You know, um, you know, it's, it's, there's a, there's a, a really strong, um, 
movement, I would say, to really increase company culture for, for really everyone out there. And, you know, that's one thing that, that I think that Car Offer is really good at is having a, a really strong, fun environment. Um, but you've got to, it, it's not just about, you know, the paycheck anymore for so many people. It's so much more about the ancillary items and the other benefits and just the feeling they get when they are working. Jeff, so. man, I, I had a consultant that was working for a client and she ended her assignment early and she just said, David, the world has changed and um, you can't just push people for deadline after deadline after deadline after deadline year round. And I felt like I was getting pushed for all these and I need a break. I need a break. I need to recharge. And so I'm going to end my assignment. I'm going to go travel. That's her guitar. That's yeah. her music is she's going to go travel and she's like, we just need that because it's not good for my mental health. And you hit it on the nail on the head when you said, um, you said, Hey, good talent is hard to find, mm -hmm. but you got to keep the people. And that's the most important one. You yeah. got to peep your, you got to keep your good talent right now. And the ancillary benefits outside of just what your compensation is, is so much more important. And so you know, I think it's one of these things, you know, I would love to take a page out of your book and say that other people need to really, who lead teams, they don't have to engage in the conversation if someone doesn't want to open up um, about, yeah, this is what I like to do for my dad. But I feel like they really need to somehow encourage people yeah. that have that downtime. You don't have to talk about it to me, but <clears throat> I need you to do that because I need to, that's, that's one way we can show our employees the value we have in them. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, one, one thing that I think would be, you know, behoove anyone to, to really do is it's, well, it's hard to mandate people to take time to help themselves, but maybe you mandate time away from work. Um, you know, like say once a month, you are, no one's going to be working on this Friday or, you know, what it, whatever it is, or I, I'm not an ideas guy, but <laughs> come up with something well, that, that encourages the use of that time for yourself. You know, what's, you know, what's really interesting that you just said that, um, because sometimes you can mandate that and you can do it to an individual, mm -hmm. you know, you, it doesn't have to be across the board to your department because you should be able to know your people enough to know that this person responds to something different than this person does. Yeah. And, and an example of that is, you know, right now we have the men's college world series that's going on <laughs> right now. And just a couple of weeks ago, or yeah, a couple of weeks previous to this, we had the women's college world series that was held in Oklahoma and Oklahoma won it. Um, and they're going to be in the finals for the men's side. This is going to be the first time that that potentially has ever been done. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. There's a girl that plays for Oklahoma. She just graduated. Her name is Jocelyn Allo, and she has the record for home runs hit in college softball. I mean, she was ridiculous. This, the Hawaiian girl? Yes. yes. And I don't know. I don't remember what year it was. Maybe it was her freshman. Maybe it was her sophomore year or whatever. But she was done, just mentally burnt out. And her coach, uh, Patty Gasso, basically took the bat out of her hands. And she was not allowed to go to practice. She was not allowed to watch videotape. She was not allowed to touch a glove. She was not allowed to do anything for I don't know how long, a semester. I don't, I don't know all wow. the But she mandated you are not allowed to do anything related to this sport, period. 
you need to be, uh, you know, cold turkey, cut loose. And, um, and, and I, from what I understand, she credits that to the reinvigoration of her career to setting all the records that she, I mean, obviously she's naturally talented. You, know, you don't do what she has done at, a, at the plate without being naturally talented. But to your point, she knew what she needed. She knew her player well enough. That's her employee. Yeah. She knew her player well enough, and she knew what she specifically needed. And that can be different from someone else. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And so I think that's so important to know who your people are and know what drives them. And, and that's what we are called to do for our employees. Yeah, and a- absolutely. I, I think that's, you know, one of the more challenging things of being a a people manager is is really getting to know each of your employees and what what drives them you know what's important to them because you're right it is it's different for every single person have you ever gotten away from taking these breaks and what it does to your own mental health it's (laughs) it can be rough there's definitely been times where you know the deadlines were just fast and furious and we were in way over our heads where I felt like I didn't have time to take any kind of time for myself. It was, you know, if I wasn't sleeping or eating, I was working. Um, And man, that is just, it wears you out to a level that I'd I'd never been before. And, you know, it, it got to the point to where as soon as you were done with the project, it was a, it was just, you know, I need a week off where I'm not doing anything. I'm not going to talk to anyone about work or, you know, it, it, it got to the point to where, um, A, I was barely able to hang on and B, it, a lot of people weren't, you know, it, it turned over a huge portion of our accounting and finance team. So, all right, so you just you just touched on something there, and um, I, I wrote this down um, earlier from a conversation. Uh, you switched from to get, to tie this all in. You switched from financial reporting and technical accounting, where you have all these fantastic writing skills. We already established all that stuff, <laughs> um, and you were telling the story of the company of what has happened in arrears, <laughs> and you've moved into more of an operational role. And a question you asked yourself was, Jeff, what do you enjoy doing? And to me, uh, and the answer obviously was, yeah, I may have enjoyed financial reporting, but I'm at a point in my time in my career and life where I'd like to look at a different area of the business and impact the here and now. Yeah. Um, And to me, that question, what do you enjoy doing? is a question you asked during that downtime, during that quiet time. Absolutely. And, you know, that, that, was, that was actually a, a pretty large shift in, in my career was that change I made from financial reporting to more of the operations side where I, you know, I, I went from a mid-sized public company down to a small PE-backed firm that was at the time up and coming. Um, where I was able to get my hands involved a lot more in the operations and really help grow and foster a fairly new company. And in doing that, that's when I really, really kind of found out that that is really what I enjoy, at least at this point in my career, is, is really building something special, building, you know, 
a, either just an accounting team or you know processes and procedures behind the accounting function and um, and really being able to put my expertise and my experiences in play in a, in places that you know they that they they're useful. Here, here's here's what I'm hearing you say when I when I take the as we wrap up when I take this whole thing um, and and try to bundle it and and mm -hmm. you know my my bundling and putting a bow on it may be as bad as my handwriting but I'm going to try <laughs> to do as good as I can here. Um, when you're an employee, you need to ask yourself, what do I really enjoy doing? And and we need it. I mean, we selfishly we need it to be in the field of accounting, finance, you know, tax, uh, information technology because of a supply and demand issue. Mm -hmm. So as an employee, we need to be able to ask that question and know that there's many different avenues within the field of accounting, finance, tax, IT that we can look at, and then we have to have the guts, the courage to go talk to our leadership if we haven't already done and, and had that established that dialogue. And that's what we should be doing as an employee and using that downtime to really contemplate what that is. And then as a leader, we don't want to lose our employees. So we've got to create that environment where uh, they're open and unafraid to come and talk to us. And sometimes that makes we have to be the first to do that. Absolutely. With them. And and because we don't want to lose them. And then we got to create that avenue or show them that there is a path. If I think about everything, that's kind of how I would summarize this whole thing um, about downtimes and creating that path and having a release to stay within our field. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's one of those things where you really have to, it, it helps to lead by example, you know, be, be that open book that you want your employees to be with you, be that open book to them so that you can foster that uh, relationship between them so that you can understand what makes them tick, understand where they want to go with their career and help them get there. I'm not going to try and top what Jeff just said right there, <laughs> be the open book and set the example. So that sums it up better than what I just did. Told you you're a better writer than I am. That sums it up better than what I just did is be uh, lead by example and be the open book. So that's our show for today. Um, we really appreciate y'all dialing in week after week on our show. And Jeff, we thank you today for, for coming on and, and sharing some knowledge with us. Well, thank you so much, David. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And for those out there, we cannot wait till our next episode. It's going to be a great one and we'll see you then. If you're looking for the next step in your career or the missing piece for your team, Unity Search has you covered. Whether it's finance and accounting, tax services, information technology, or human resources, Unity Search is here for you with experienced and dedicated hiring professionals. Reach out today and take the next step. Unity Search, placing you first.